These days it seems like everyone's a movie critic, but sometimes when we listen to the critics, we miss out on the joys to be found in watching bad films. That's where we come in. In Defense Of is a movie podcast where we watch universally panned movies on purpose and challenge ourselves to focus on the positive and redeeming qualities of those films. Maybe it's the music, cinematography, acting, or just some unintentional humor. Sometimes it will be really easy, especially if we already like the film in question. But other times, it's going to be really, really hard. Either way, we're bound and determined to find something worth liking and might even learn a thing or two along the way. So take off your cynic pants and buckle your seatbelts. In this episode, we play devil's advocate in defense of 1999's The Wild Wild West. Hello and welcome back to In Defense Of, a movie podcast. Today, we are tackling 1999's Wild Wild West. Aaron, what's up? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. I'm stoked because as of right now, as of recording this, the podcast is now yeah. live. It's out there. We are rolling out season one. And mm-hmm. uh, so far, our feedback has been great. You guys have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of downloads and uh, lots of really positive feedback. Yeah. Um, we now have uh, an email address set up. Uh, it's in defense of movie podcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to us, we're also on Twitter at defense of movies. So if you want to uh, say hi, uh, let us know what you think about the show. Um, you know, th- throw any sort of corrections at us over uh, fact check, that sort of thing. Just ask that you be civil. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Know what you think of the show. Um, Aaron, I'm pretty stoked about today's episode because this movie is ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's a lot to say about it. Um, so we're we're traveling back to peak Will Smith era, nin- yeah. 90s yeah. Will Smith, when Will Smith like ruled the universe. Um, Aaron, do you remember the first time you saw Wild Wild? Oh, sorry. Even before I ask that, it's currently sitting on Rotten Tomatoes at 17% critical rating and a 28% audience rating. So the critics and the audience, according to Rotten Tomatoes, feel very similar about this wacky movie. So Aaron, do you remember the first time you saw this? No, I don't. Like, I can't can't put... um... The first time I saw it, I just remember being really young the first time I seen it. So it came out in 1999 and yeah. in 1999, I had to be 10 years old. So I was, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure as soon as it came to movie um, in 1999 is probably when I saw it. 1999. As a, yeah, as I'm a huge Will Smith fan. So, yeah. you know, like anything he came out with was like gold in my eyes. So this movie was just one of those movies. That's the thing. In the 90s, Will Smith was in, like, everybody's home. He was a household name. I I remember coming home, and after dinner, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air would come on. Mm -hmm. And then when he started doing bigger movies, you know, Independence Day was such a huge film for him, and everyone's quoting him. And then Men in Black comes out, and we're all quoting him. And, you know, then Wild Wild West comes out, and... (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's like... "Ah, Actually, you know what? Um... (laughs) For like everyone who kind of grew up through the 90s that I have talked to loves this movie, which I I, find really interesting. Like, I don't know if it's just like a 90s kid like movie that everyone just likes. 
Yeah, I, I want to get into some of these interesting reasons because I think people remember this movie a lot differently than it actually is. Um, okay. watch, watching this movie in 2019 is a very surreal experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, okay, when this, this movie came out against South Park, the movie, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Oh, yeah, okay. So, um, me and my friends wanted to sneak into the South Park movie. So we all got tickets for Wild Wild West and then mm-hmm. snuck into the South Park movie. Oh, you guys my... did it. Yeah. So I didn't. Here's the funny part is I didn't tell uh, I didn't tell my dad that we did this. So um, he asked me, how was the movie? How's the movie? I was like, oh, it's really good. And he's like, oh, I, I, w- I want to go see it now. Do you want to go again? I was like, OK. <laughs> so we I, I experienced it for this first time. Uh, with my dad who thinks I'm watching it the second time. Yeah. And the entire movie, my dad keeps looking over at me like, what? <laughs> like, you thought this was good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's um, funny. So that was my experience with it. Uh, I had to, I had to, I had to buy, I bought two tickets for this stinking film. <laughs> yeah. So Wild Wild West, it stars it stars kevin klein as artemis gordon will smith obviously as um uh what's his official name jim west captain jim west of the u.s army and it stars selma hayek as rita and it also stars kenneth branagh as the bad guy dr arliss loveless along with ted levine as general Bloodbath McGrath. Bloodbath McGrath. You gotta say it like that. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Bloodbath McGrath. <laughs> so before we get into the very bizarre production of this film, Aaron, I want you to take a crack at describing to me what is this film about? Okay, so this film is like James Bond meets Western. Um... <laughs> That, that, like, I think is the theme of what they're trying to do in this movie. Um, right. Did they do that? I'll, I'll leave that up to you to decide. <laughs> um, so, basically, what is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I like to call this uh, movie the Riggs and Murtaugh, like, style of mm. movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like a partner that clashes between each other. Yeah, the buddy cop thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got these two guys here who um, are forced to work together to save the president who gets kidnapped by Dr. Arliss Loveless. Yes. Yeah, and so basically he's like kind of a mad... No, he's not the mad scientist. He's like... He's he, the evil... He's the evil evil guy who like kidnaps a bunch of scientists and makes like a crazy... Uh, crazy like hydraulic tarantula <laughs> that shoots fireballs and destroys things. So <laughs> this all sounds like you're making it up, but it's exactly exactly what the plot <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> I think I'm also explaining it like really bad. <laughs> it sounds right it sounds like you're doing dr- sa- it sounds like you're doing drunk history of the old west or something. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's what it is. So that's what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, so you have these two cops who are <laughs> not cops, I guess, like, uh, what are they, agents? I don't know. Yeah, because James West works for the U.S. Army, and Artemis Gordon is a U.S. Marshal. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, you know what? This movie is about how the Secret Service came into effect. That's what yeah. I will go with. Yes. This is a story <laughs> about 
the creative now this is creation. a story about <laughs> yeah um the creation of the secret service yeah yeah um this movie was based on a uh, TV show of the same name, a 1960s show called The Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like that uh, Americana kind of pulp, you know, very, very, uh, you know, secret agents in the old West kind of stuff. I've never seen it. It's definitely before our time. But um, the more I learned about it and kind of researching for this episode, I thought, well, yeah, I wouldn't mind digging it up and checking it out, seeing if it's any good. Um so this movie was essentially Warner Brothers uh, held this in production since 1992. Oh, so wow. it spent it spent like eight years in in development hell, for lack of a better word. Just to give you a bit of background here, um, Mel Gibson was originally attached to play James West, but he dropped it out to do he dropped out to do Maverick in 1994. So he got his cowboy fix a different way. Um, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise was originally attached, but then he decided to do a different old TV show and did Mission Impossible in 1996. Yeah. So um, a bunch of other names were floating around this project, including George Clooney, who was originally attached to play Artemis Gordon, turned it down. Uh, Tim Curry, you, Johnny Depp. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, did you hear why he turned it down? Like George Clooney? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, no, I don't think so. I think it wasn't like a big enough part for him because it yeah, was the Artemis so, Gordon or what was it? Yeah, so Artemis Gordon is technically the like supporting support role, right? Yeah, and uh, he said he doesn't do like support roles; like he only does main. Did you Did you see who else was attached to possibly play Artemis Gordon? Um, who was it? I can't remember. So we had Tim Curry. Yeah, Johnny Depp. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I saw that. And, and my favorite, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> These episodes are all coming full circle. <laughs> so Nice. Oh, and the part of Rita was originally offered to none other than Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> then to Penelope Cruz, then Asia Argento, and finally Salma Hayek took it. Yeah. Um, another note... Before we get into specifics, this movie um, had a massive budget. is about $170 million. Um, it was the most expensive movie in 1999. And to give you an idea of how expensive this movie was, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace opened that same year with a budget of only $115 million. Oh, wow. And up until just a few years ago, this... Wild Wild West was the most expensive movie that Warner Brothers had ever released. Oh, no. Only up until they started really going hard on, like, the DC stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't a total box office disaster. It did make $50 million its opening weekend. Um, a lot of people attribute that to Will Smith's star power. There was a lot of cross campaigns with like Burger King and stuff. Mm-hmm. And apparently, apparently a lot of people were using it as a way to sneak into South Park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but internationally it grossed 221 million worldwide. So it broke even, but barely. Yeah. So a lot of people, pretty much everyone involved in making this film universally hates it. When you're watching this movie, it seems pretty misguided. It seems kind of like a lot of different um, 
voices. A lot of different people were kind of pulling the direction and the tone of the film this way and that. And I was curious about this, so I looked it up. And Aaron, check this out. This movie had two producers, six executive producers, two co-producers, and two associate producers. Oh, wow. Now, to put that in perspective... Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, had two producers. It stands to reason that this movie did not go as planned. It, it, too many cooks in the kitchen and a lot mm-hmm. of weird stuff happened. Whew. So, upon re-watching it, Aaron, in 2019, what are your thoughts? Um, I, like, I didn't hate it. It's like, <laughs> it, it was entertaining to me. I feel like um, after this movie came out, it, it, like, kicked off the steampunk, like, era. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, he, like like I said, huge Will Smith fan. Just feeling the nostalgia from when I was young and watching it, um, and you know, it just made me like it even more. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like a little bit weird and dry at some parts, but like for the most part, I thought it was an entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Um, I had a tough time with this one. I'm gonna be totally honest. Yeah. Um, I I was cringing a lot of the time but there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff in it because the budget is so high there's a lot of neat stuff in it like um just off the top of my head i love that train i love all the hidden compartments and gadgetry apparently that train uh has been used it has connection to the original show it's been used in like older shows and stuff oh okay um, yeah and you know Will Smith has so much charisma on screen that even in a terrible film, he's still pretty entertaining to watch. Um, you want to know, uh, sorry, when I was watching this movie and like watching Will Smith do his thing, like the only thing that I could attribute that to like nowadays is yeah. big, big dick energy. He has like on, <laughs> if you, if you want a visual representation of what big dick energy looks like. Watch this movie, because that's what it looks like. <laughs> there's this, uh, there's this, uh, there's this video that Will Smith recently put out online where he talks about uh, turning down the Matrix in order oh, to yeah. do this film. You just get in that universal energy, and nothing can go wrong. And the other side comes, and then you can't do nothing right. So after we made Men in Black. The Wachowskis, they came in and it was like they had only done one movie. They did a movie, I think it was called Bound. And they came in and they they made a pitch for The Matrix. And as it turns out, they're geniuses. But there's a fine line in a pitch meeting between genius and what I experienced in the meeting. So this is the actual pitch that they made for The Matrix. Dude, we're thinking like, like imagine you're in a fight and then you like jump. Imagine if you could stop jumping in the middle of the jump. Sam, say that again? But then people could see around you 360 while you're jumping, while you're stopped jumping, right? And then we're gonna invent these cameras and then people can see the whole jump while you stop in the middle of the jump. So I made Wild Wild West. I'm not proud of it. Like, you know, you see people uh, that Monday, I was walking around, hey guys, sorry. 
Hey, listen, I'm working on, on Bad Boys 2. Don't worry about it. Sorry. But it ain't like it would have been that. Like, Keanu was perfect. Lawrence Fishburne was perfect. If I had done it because I'm black, then Morpheus wouldn't have been black. Because they were looking at Val Kilmer. So I was going to be Neo and Val Kilmer was going to be Morpheus. So I probably would have messed the Matrix up. I would have ruined it. But there's also other funny stuff. Like Kenneth Branagh, who plays Artemis, or no, uh, Loveless, um, he's totally hamming it up. Completely hamming it up. He's just so over the top the entire movie. Um, But in an interview with Kenneth Branagh, because Kenneth Branagh is like a Shakespearean trained actor. He's he's quite pretentious. A lot of the roles he does are very, you know... Mm -hmm. um, He he does a lot of like direct and star kind of movies. He's, you know, he's kind of... I don't know. I don't know his personality, but it, I, I get a sense of what he's like just based on the kind of project he does, like vanity projects and stuff. Um, but he talks about how he like boned up on all this Civil War history and really immersed himself and, you know, was like very methodical about it. But then when you watch the movie, he's just like yelling and <laughs> screaming about like, his mechanical wiener and stuff. It's oh, so yeah. weird. I'm so glad you like <laughs> caught that because I never caught that in this movie when he's like, yeah, there, I can't remember how the scene goes, and but he's just referencing that he has a mechanical penis. And I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, like I watched this as a kid and had no idea what he was talking about. Yes, I want to get into that because that's a huge part of this film. This film is very very sexual there's a lot of sexual super like perverted stuff in this film and this film had toys at burger king aaron like this was billed as like i got those toys you did hey yeah i did oh man see this like but then if you watch it now like within the first five minutes of the film there's both male and female nudity like you full-on see the back of will smith's like dick and bag oh, in this film. I was, I was gonna ask you about that because I, yeah. I like turned on the movie and within the first five minutes I was like did I just see his dick? <laughs> I was like yeah. I was so confused about it but you, That's full, what I'm saying. you full on see it. Okay I'm glad. You full on see it. This movie it uh, after the initial scene where a scientist gets gets uh, killed by a magic magnet um, it opens on our hero having sex in the town's water supply. Which is uh, gross, by the way. <laughs> so gross. Like, people drink that water. Like, that's disgusting. <laughs> it's so disgusting. And he's just, you know, and, uh, yeah, and, and she is, you know, the, they are not being modest about hiding her uh, her, her chest or anything. And no. it's just like, it, it opens up and you're kind of like, whoa, this is a family film, man. This is... Um, yeah, there's just through the entire movie, there's all these sexual undertones, like highly sexual undertones. There's this, you know, there's lots of cross-dressing. There's this weird, like, sex dungeon room where, like, Salma Hayek's being held. and Oh, yeah. There's one part when, like, Artemis Gordon's walking past a room in the saloon and the door opens and you hear, like, a goat. And he's like, oh, never seen that one before. As if, like, <laughs> there's, like, some guy having sex with a goat in the yeah. room. And I was like, what the frick is this movie, man? This or- was, like... Or when he's, like, dressed up as a woman and he's proud that, like, three guys came on to him. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, oh. Like, Introducing the tasty new Burger King Big Kids meal. Now your kids can get more of the great tasting food they like, plus all the action and adventure of the new Wild Wild West movie. With Wild Wild West action toys like James West and his horse. Yeah, and then there's a bunch of little jokes. There's a joke about Artemis Gordon has, like, the fake breasts for his outfit. Yeah. And they do this little like, cutaway thing where... 
you know, they're they're feeling each other the 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 difference between the the buckwheat breast and the water breast, and you know the the train conductor obviously <laughs> he walks by and he sees the back of uh, uh, Artemis and he just kind of goes, I knew it, <laughs> as, if, like, yeah. know, as he sees them like touching each other and stuff. So, and uh, Salma Hayek, uh, you know, like she. Uh, Oh, what they her character is very underutilized, and they basically just objectify her the entire movie, yep. uh, and make her wear like horrendous outfits. And there's the whole butt crack sequence, which, admittingly, made me really laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but still, yeah, this movie is really, really perverted for something that had toys at Burger King <laughs> and was encouraging, you know, the 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 family summer blockbuster. Um, yeah. shocking. Super shocking and some gross stuff too. Uh, that Bloodbath McGrath guy has this ear horn that's oh, yeah. like surgically melded to his head. And there's this one scene where he tilts it and this stream of like yellow goop comes out for some reason. And I just about barfed, Aaron. Oh, I just about barfed. So gross. It was so freaking gross. So, would you call this movie a comedy or like an action comedy or how would you describe it? Oh, James Bond Western. <laughs> spy and espionage movie. A spy and espionage movie. movie. That's where so I apparently, go. Yeah. Apparently the, the, the screenwriters, their names were SS, the original screenwriters, SS Wilson and Brent Maddock. They were doing, um, they had done a, they'd done a, 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 a treatment for the script. And then the script had gone through so many different changes, so many different revisions and rewrites. As I mentioned, there was like a million producers all adding their hats in the ring of what this movie should look like. By the time they saw a screening, they were so upset about how it turned out yeah. that they tried to get their names removed from the credits and since then have refused to work with a major studio. This left a, a sour taste in their mouths. Yeah. Um, because what ended up on screen was not uh, what they recognized, and it's it's really unfortunate too. Because I really I really like the concept, you know, mm-hmm. secret agents in the old west, like a James Bond in the old west. Uh, that sounds great yeah. on paper. That sounds like a super cool movie. Um, and I think when everyone was kind of floating around this project, they thought the same thing. You know, I believe that Warner Brothers really wanted this to become a franchise. Mm-hmm. Initially, you know, like the rights were there. This is an era where all the old TV shows started getting their um, their movie due, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, you had so many come up. You had, you know, Get Smart. Um, you had A Team. You had um, Wild Wild West. Obviously, Mission Impossible. Um, there's probably more that I'm missing, but they all were in various stages of development, all at the same time as these different movie studios tried to find the next big thing. Um, before it was superheroes, I think it was, you know, uh, a lot of TV properties becoming movies and things like that. So, whew, a lot. There's a lot here, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> there is. There is. So, it seems like everyone who was involved with this film just absolutely hated it. And it uh, does. I think also the fact that all of them, like, didn't believe in it and hated it, too also made it like worse whenever it released for at least the Mm -hmm. older people who actually understood what was going on not as young kids who just thought it was the coolest thing ever 
Yeah, when I was a kid, man, I didn't catch any of these sexual undertones and stuff. And I, I certainly didn't catch、um, the insane, like, race, racial banter and the, you know, the back and forth insult exchange between.、Um, Loveless being crippled or legless, and James West being black. There's this crazy parlay that happens between them a couple times.、Mm-hmm. It's just, it's shocking. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm starting to find that a lot with going back and watching older movies that like racist and like sexist and things like that. Just, it just wasn't a problem. Yeah, you were, you, you were telling me that you, you've been re watching the old James Bond movies. Yeah,、hey? so,、uh, so I wanted to, because、like, I haven't seen them in forever. And so I started watching from the very first one, so Dr. No. And then I just la- watched、uh, From Russia with Love.、Um, and I was just so shocked at like, how much it objectifies women and how much stuff, and like, how many sexual innuendo jokes that James Bond makes. Like, it's insane. And、uh, yeah. like the stuff that would never fly, fly like nowadays. But yeah, I guess it was、mm-hmm. just like the time. Yeah, it's, it's,、um, if you think about movies almost like little time capsules、yeah. of where we were culturally, what we thought was tasteful or funny or appropriate. <laughs>、um, yeah, it's nuts because a lot of people would have w e n t and saw this instead of South Park as the more. Safe choice for that box office weekend or whatever,、yeah. right? Because a lot more people went to the films back then, I think. And、um, I recently re watched South Park, the movie, and you know, obviously it's everything you'd expect, but it is very funny still and it's very, very self aware.、Um, but when I watch Wild Wild West,、um, I get the sense that nobody involved with the movie really understood what the heck was going on.、Mm-hmm. There's so many, there's about a half dozen moments in this movie where, in Will Smith's line delivery and posture, he almost seems in disbelief of what he's saying.、Mm. Like, it's as if he's looking at the camera going, I can't believe that I'm in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, there's this one line.、Uh, at one point in time, they have that scientist's severed head from like the opening of the oh, movie. Oh, that was so morbid. Like, so weird.、And、I have so many questions. We got to talk about this after that head after. We, oh, yeah. Let's talk about it now.、Okay. I mean, they, Kevin, Kevin Klein. So, Kevin Klein says some science y gar- garble about how the last image a person sees is burned into the back of their retinas.、Mm-hmm. So, he wires up this severed head to a projector. Uh, yeah, like some sort of, yeah, well, yeah, just like an almost like an overhead projector and shines the, the light through his eyes. Okay, so it, yeah, so this like drove me insane because I was just like, like, how does this work? Like, did they, did they like cut his head open, remove his brains, put like a light bulb in there? Somehow that light is shining through the guy's like eyeballs, projecting an image. I was like, this is just any way you want to put it. There is like no morbid, like, it's just the most morbid thing I've ever seen. And then the image is upside down.、Yeah. So they, Kevin Klein inverts the head. And the entire time, Will Smith keeps saying, That's a man's head. Yeah. 
And then the best part, the icing on the cake. Aaron, tell me, tell me what happens. Next. Oh, wait, I like is it so, is it when they're like, oh, you need to put the glasses on him. Yeah. Yeah, okay. The image is out of focus. Yeah. So what do they do? Oh, glasses, the spectacles. So they put glasses on the upside down head, and then the image comes into focus. Yeah. It's just like oh man, so messed up. And the entire time, Will Smith looks so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what filming day this was in the, in the production schedule, but I got to imagine if that was the first day of filming, you know, you messed up. <laughs> like he's pro, you know what I mean? As an actor, you're standing there like I'm contractually obligated to finish filming this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, what a crazy scene. And this movie is full of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Yeah, so uh Ulysses S. Grant, the president, hires them to work together. Uh Ulysses S. Grant is also played by Kevin Klein for some reason. Um basically so that they can do that uh the, the, basically just to uh, use that plot point of him being disguised as him later on. Yeah. Um, so they have to work together, the unlikely duo. Will Smith is like the uh, shoot first, shoot first, shoot some more, and, and then ask questions once everyone's dead. Is that what he says? Mm-hmm. Something like that? And then... Uh, but Artemis Gordon is kind of this, how would you describe him? He's kind of like a buffoon. Oh, okay. Or... So I thought of a great analogy for this type of movie. Um, the tortoise and the hare. Like, oh. that's 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 what this movie is. Mm. Um, so Will Smith would be the hare and Artemis Gordon would be the tortoise. And yeah. so it's like, it's it, essentially the way that it ends isn't exactly the same as the tortoise and hare. But anyways, it's just like two conflicting personalities that fight back and forth. And then uh, obviously eventually realize that like they, they could do more if they work together. Yes. Sorry. What was the question you asked me? Oh, uh, what is person? Like, how would you describe yeah. him as a character? And so, so like he he takes his side more on the science um, and gadgets. Like you, you've seen throughout this entire movie, he's always building gadgets, uh, gadgets and like contraptions and things and whatnot. Um, so mm-hmm. he likes to do his research. He likes to be a little bit more like thought out before he takes action. Yes, but he does seem to overdo it. A lot of his. A lot of his gadgets and inventions seem either very situationally specific mm-hmm. um, or or just very, very outrageous. I think at one point in time, during at the beginning of the movie when he's dressed in, in, the, in drag, um, he like breast punches someone, like one of his bre- boob pad things like springs out and hits someone in the face or something. Yeah. Like, but th- le- he's got let me lot- say this. That's not situational. He knows what's coming. He knows he's dressed as a woman and someone is going to be staring at his breasts. So, so he's kind of a weird genius yeah, he- is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Ar- Artemis Gordon is basically Inspector Gadget in this oh, movie. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Will Smith is playing uh, Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. Um, we we let him get away with that for so long, hey? As an audience, we just let Will Smith play Will Smith in every movie up until like uh, Ali. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we were just like, hey, it's Will Smith. Yay. But do you you want to know something, though? Because, like, in the new Aladdin movie that just recently came out, he plays, like, Will Smith. And yeah. it, it's actually, like, a like for me, I thought it was a really enjoyable, like, a lot or a, a genie. Yeah. But, I still have to watch yeah, it, but I, I am I won't say now. too much because I know you haven't seen it. Oh, um, can I add? Sorry, one more thing I want to add. You know the scene, the scene where um, Jim West is like dance is dancing, and he's like the belly dancer and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So at the near the near the end of the yeah, film. Yeah. Yeah. So Will Smith, whenever he was going <laughs> to be the genie, I like flash back to the scene of uh, him as the belly dancer because there's also a scene in Aladdin. Um, I think like the cartoon version where the genie like turns into like one of the belly dancer, like ladies, like, I think it's like an overweight one, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it just, and oh. like, and so I flash back to the scene and I was like, you know what? Like, I think he's going to be a good, a good genie. And, uh, Oh, interesting. yeah. And so like, I, I, I flash back to the scene cause I thought that scene was hilarious. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, I, I don't know, whenever I saw the Aladdin movie, I thought he did a pretty decent job of it. Interesting. I, I'm, I'm actually pretty stoked to see it now, now that you say that. So they, um, so here we go. So Ulysses, Ulysses S. Grant <laughs> tells them that uh, Loveless and Bloodbath are kidnapping scientists to work on some doomsday machine. Yeah. And are, uh... He gets sent a spider cake or something, mm-hmm. which is like covered in spiders. The White House is like covered in a white, like a fondant White House is covered oh, in yeah, spiders. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, in, pretty interesting image. And then um, Ulysses S. Grant gives them control of this train called the Wander, which is my favorite part of the movie is that train. The train is um, dope. The train is dope, yeah. Um, can we talk about some of the inventions that Artemis Gordon has? Because, or no, just the, in general, like, the, the one thing to get out of the way immediately is that this movie ignores history like completely. Um, in this movie, there's airplanes, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's tanks. Um, Artemis Gordon invents mithril. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with um, knitting needles. With knitting needles. He yeah. He, I don't know if that's he, how you make it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you can't use knitting needles. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a it's like a chainmail kind of yeah, thing, yeah. right? And he's like he, he's using like knitting needles yeah. to put it together. <laughs> this is a this is a bizarre thing to admit, um, but my mom, who she's very crafty and does art stuff, she once tried making chainmail, mm-hmm. and yeah, I I know that pliers and all sorts of things were involved. It certainly was not something you could just do yeah. sitting on a train to pass the time. Is very or with <laughs> lab- knitting very, needles. Yeah, it's very labor intensive. Yeah. Um, good lord, yeah. But Artemis, he just kind of fires off all these hypothetical inventions. And the one thing I will say about the writing is just about everything he invents does end up coming in handy. Which, you know, um, there's a term for that. I can't remember if it's Chekhov's gun or or, or something like that. Someone can correct me, but basically... If the 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 cliche goes, if you show a gun in the first act, that gun has to be shot in the third act, mm. and that's exactly what they do with that little belt bu- buckle clasp thing that he has, yeah. where it's like this little pea shooter that flips down and there's one bullet in it, and that that's exactly what happens in the third act. So 
One of the things I do like that I super want to defend about this movie before we even keep going is that the there's a lot of creativity in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron, would you say that this was like the first big steampunk movie, like maybe ever? <laughs> is there a, mo- a like a steampunk movie bigger than this one? I was I couldn't I couldn't think of one like there, I know there's there's tons of different animes and this and that's but like yeah. in terms of like big Hollywood releases um, what's that um, German silent film movie Metropolis yes okay I would say that's prop because that's kind of steampunk right the design of the role yeah. the the android at the end yeah yeah, yeah. It, it it is in a way um, but not to this extent like. Um, there's a lot of creativity in this film, a lot of cool production design and stuff. Like the budget was utilized to its full extent mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I learned that Loveless's uh, Kenneth Branagh, that wheelchair, that was a practical effect. He's kneeling yeah. down the entire movie. Yeah. And and then in between takes would have to get up and walk around because, you know, he would, he would obviously get so stiff, but that wheelchair and that that whole thing was i didn't know this i've up until researching this film i thought that that was just like uh, uh they painted out his legs or it was you know cg um i did not realize that that was just straight up a practical effect yeah and i don't know if you were with me at the time but we we actually saw a guy cosplayed in this exact chair when we were at that calgary uh, uh, uh pop culture expo oh man i should dig around and see if i can find a picture of it Maybe I have one. Yeah, like this. Um, there's in between the train, the the spider, the the we're gonna get to the spider, you know, the that wheelchair, the tanks and stuff. There's the, there's some baffling stuff in this film, mm-hmm. and love love it or hate it, man. Some of the stuff is worth seeing on film just to be like, what were they thinking, yeah. man? That's so weird. You know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say what's that? That Wild Wild West created steampunk. I'm going to go with that. Really? (laughs) Yeah, because like in my mind, (laughs) I have have no reference of steampunk until this movie came out. Well, I think because up until then it had primarily been uh, a term used in, in writing, in literature. I think the first reference of steampunk goes back to like the seventies. Um, there was some sci-fi author who first used the term to describe, um, some characters in his book. He said, think punks, but they use like steam powered technology. So they're kind of like steampunks, Mm -hmm. but I, it's funny because if you, I've seen clips of the old show, the 1960s Wild Wild West show, and it is, it is, it was very conventional, very, there is no steampunk in it whatsoever, right? So the fact that someone said, you know what would really spice up this movie is to make the entire thing like a steampunk aesthetic. Um, but that being said, Aaron, it's it's like diet steampunk, right? Because it's not everywhere and everything. It's just certain things in the movie, yeah. which is interesting. Like Doctor like, Arliss Loveless is everything he does. All the contraption he contraptions he makes is all steampunk. And I think yeah. probably on like the good guy side, it's only the train that's really. Even then, it's not really that steampunk. Hmm. So it's got elements of steampunk, yeah. but it's a little non-committal about it. Yeah. But to this day, I can't think, I mean, 
I can't think of another major Hollywood release that really dabbles in steampunk. And a lot of people, I found this out too, a lot of people really hate steampunk. They just hate the aesthetic oh, of yeah. it. Oh yeah, it's one of those like love it or hate it things. Mm-hmm. I like Bioshock. I feel like Bioshock nailed steampunk pretty well. Like the video games. Oh, that's like grunge steampunk. It is, but it's got that dirty, worn-in, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that that is very interesting. I, I uh, love it or hate it, you know. If uh, if you're into steampunk, like again, people were cosplaying. Like some a, a dude put all that effort into recreating that wheelchair. Um, I don't know if he did it because he loved the movie or he just loved steampunk, but. One of the things I gotta defend is, man, like, there's, you're not gonna watch another movie, Steampunk Wild West, anytime soon. You know what I mean? Like, mm hmm. So, Jim West uh, meets, he kind of cross paths with Arliss Loveless at uh, this party oh, where. We forgot to mention this. Um, J- oh, Jim, go ahead. Jim yeah. West here. Um, apparently, our Dr. Arliss Loveless has created some sort of tank and I guess tested it on <laughs> a bunch of slaves. And in those slaves that he tested it on um, were Jim West's parents. So he holds a grudge against him. Yeah. And that's a. That mo- that part when he when Will Smith reveals that motivation, it should have been such a more central part of the mm-hmm. film. That should have been like the core, you know, because it's a really rough story he tells. Yeah. But then, and it's interesting. One could argue that the character Jim West is using his humor to mask that real internal conflict. Yeah. Right. It's not to not to dig too deep into that in terms of making excuses for this film, but. In terms of character writing, I feel like that would be the psychology behind mm-hmm. it. Um, so there's this like I can't remember where they are, but it's like a you know this very redneck plantation house, and Will Smith and Calvin Klein are sneaking around, and there's this incredible scene where. Um, <laughs> West meets East. <laughs> There's like uh, <laughs> yeah. these dudes jump out of these paintings. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, that was so nuts. Um, these uh, they look like still life paintings, but then this guy—it's almost—it's shocking because I totally forgot it what happened. This guy in the painting slowly raises his his gun yeah. to shoot. Uh, Will Smith in the back, but then he sees, you know, <laughs> he sees it at the last second. <laughs> I actually really liked that scene because that was one of the ones that made me like rewind the movie and have to watch that because I was like, are were they yes. there the whole time? That scene is amazing. It's it's yeah, and then uh, he lets off like a spray of bullets, and then as he's walking out of the room, um, you see how many dudes are on the floor that were in paintings. Mm-hmm. And then a guy falls straight down from the ceiling, like from out of frame. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Oh. Um, so funny. So freaking funny. I remember watching it as a kid and being like, I want to shoot a gun like that. I yeah. also remember boom, I also boom, remember boom. I really wanted a knife in my shoe too. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh Artemis Gordon just installs a shoe knife, a shoe blade in yeah. him while he while he was sleeping. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like he like stomps and then a blade pops out of the tip of his boot and uh, yeah. he stabs people with it. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know that uh, that great part at the climax of the movie where that guy. You know, in movies, when the when the henchman does all the big dramatic moves and gets ready to face off with the mm-hmm. hero, and then Will Smith just goes ah and shakes his foot around. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was a good part. Uh, and then after they're on the way out and they get caught, and um, there's this really really uncomfortable scene where basically Jim West gets lynched. Okay. Um, and. Uh, but it's all part of uh, Artemis Gordon's plan because he gives him this like rubber dummy rope, yeah. right? But basically, these Southerners, these rednecks, they're they're taking out Will Smith to hang him yeah. because he like he drummed on that lady's breast, yeah. thinking it was <laughs> Artemis Gordon. Um, we've all been there, but we've all been <laughs> no, there. We yeah, Pistachio disguise has yeah. been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, th- this this scene was incredibly uncomfortable. Um, Will Smith, uh, Jim West is trying to talk his way out of being hung up from a tree, and the way the camera work is done, uh, it lasts about you know twice as long as it should in terms of a scene. Um, this is where the movie for me like really takes a, a harsh turn mm-hmm. um, because obviously it's you know. The main character of the 1960s TV show was a white guy. Yeah. Um, I wasn't privy to it when it came out. I'm sure some people were upset that a black guy was playing a white role back when this was made. Um, nobody really cared, though, because, you know, it was 90s Will Smith. And how many people that were Will Smith fans were big, big fans of the 1960s Wild Wild mm-hmm. West? You know what I mean? Like, it didn't, it didn't really matter, but this movie does go there, and it does get into the racial themes of the time and uh the tone goes right off the tracks you know what i mean where you're like oh this is this is pretty crazy imagery man to see in my little family burger king movie Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) um what did you think of all that like all, all the racism and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't like, I remember watching this movie as a kid and I didn't understand any of the racism or any of that stuff no. that going on. And so watching it now, I was like, I was curious too, because I knew, like, I know the time that it takes place in the context and whatnot. And I was like curious to watch it and find out what was actually uh, racism in this and like how th- how they portrayed it because I had no idea and uh, yeah. yeah no like I I found it I found it really interesting um, I kind of like that whole speech that he gives all the uh, what are they the the um, like the people that are gonna Just hang the yeah like that are gonna hang him and stuff like I thought it was pretty funny like a classic Will Smith speech. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I like I I didn't think of it. I, the thing for me is I'm I have a hard time kind of figuring out what the theme of this movie is. Mm-hmm. And like to me, that's 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 the, the that's the problem. Like, is it about two guys who overcome their differences to work together to like save save America, or is it about like a good a deranged guy who had his legs chopped off and now he's like overcompensating hard and like wants to take it out on people. Like there's just so many different like themes and storylines that go like in and out of this movie. Yeah, there really is. 
There really is. And watching this movie in 2019 just made it seem that much more bizarre, yeah. just given the tensions of our tensions of our current time, where you're like, you know. Because back in the '90s, this movie seemed out of left field, but now if you watch it, it it almost seems like a Dave Chappelle skit. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like, holy crap, man! Like, yeah, I know the the, the theme is very unclear, um, and that's probably because there were so many cooks in the kitchen and so many different rewrites and stuff. Um, so after the after the lynching, they uh, we find out that. Uh, yeah, they unveil the tank, and the tank mows down a bunch of these like Civil War vets, um, right? Yeah, yeah. they um, in in a pretty brutal scene. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of course, Arliss Loveless in his compensation, his uh, cronies are these three ladies who are always wearing different like, costumes, different and, revealing uh, costumes <laughs> yeah uh oh the poor the poor women in this movie man they had to work on this movie they all got it wildly objectified they're all wearing just the silliest gaudiest uh, well you know will smith stuff. got objecti- objectified in this movie as well <laughs> he definitely did yeah that that opening fight scene when all the guys are distracted by his dingling oh and well i i, I, I was talking about the like gypsy dance belly dancing scene oh, oh yeah. can i tell you something so when i watch this movie yeah. i watched it with my friend and whenever the scene comes on where he starts shoot flamethrower flamethrowing out of his like his boobs all i hear is yeah. haha flamethrower tits nice <laughs> like, it was just like the funniest thing to me for some reason but yeah Ah, oh, so weird, man. That's again. There's uh, creativity with a dash of perversion. Yeah. Add a spice of, you know, yeah. It's so weird. It's like a weird, uh, a weird. Uh, like, oh, it's like a, a bunch of producers standing around a cauldron, just throwing weird crap in there and seeing what you know comes yeah. out. <laughs> so um, we find out that Loveless has his own private railroad track. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Not sure how he built that. That's impressive. <laughs> Sil- Civil um, War slaves. Yeah. Jeez Louise, hey. And then the grand reveal. Yeah. We find out what Arliss and his scientists have been working on. Do you, re- do you remember as a kid, like what you thought about it when you first saw it? I thought it was the most spectacular thing I'd yeah, ever seen. Um, I remember people talking about it as the reason to go see the film, being like, dude, you have to see this giant uh, tarantula. It is, like, mind-blowing. Oh, did you hear that apparently that was a prop that was going to be in the Superman movie that um, starred Nicolas Cage in it? Yes. Um, Kevin Smith, uh, the director and writer of uh, Clerks, has a really famous story that he tells about when he was working on the script for that Superman yeah. movie. Um, how the producer for Wild Wild West was also producing that film, a gentleman by the name of John Peters. Um, and John Peters insisted that in the third act, Superman was going to battle a giant spider yeah. at the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> Um, so that movie fell apart 
Thankfully, yeah. And it was just fun. Like, I got to work on Superman. I got incredible access into the DC archives and shit like that. And people would give me free Superman shit all the time because I was working on it. And then I got shit canned off and I started throwing Superman stuff away because who needs to be reminded? <laughs> but I was really reminded the next summer when I went to the movies and saw a movie that John Peters had produced. And it was called The Wild Wild West. So I'm sitting in the theater watching the movie. I'm like, good Lord, this is a piece of shit. But then all of a sudden, like a giant fucking spider shows up. So John Peters got his giant spider. Um, but I feel like some people kind of do overlook the point as to why a villain uh, obsessed with compensating for the lack of his two legs uh, would choose a mechanical beast that has eight legs. Like okay. it goes along perfectly yeah. with his character. Um, the one one thought I had in this movie is when they build the flying contraption and they're going to take out the uh, <laughs> the giant spider and they're like bombing it. I w- in yeah. my mind I was like this bombing this is going to be a rip at Star Wars. I was like this bombing sequence <laughs> is better than the bombing sequence that happened in the Last Jedi. Oh man, which is, is like so. so I was sorry, like- this was like a tangent on Star Wars, but. <laughs> It makes more sense. Yeah, doesn't well, it? like I hate it because there's freaking there's it's space. Like the girl can't yeah. breathe in space. <laughs> Bombs can't go off because there's no oxygen. It makes no sense. It drives me insane. Uh, <laughs> you know, during that bombing of the giant tarantula, I I was laughing because I couldn't believe that. Um, the president of the United States and their friend is on board mm-hmm. and they're throwing bombs at him. Yeah. <laughs> like that spider, it's not very big. Like, I mean, it's 80 feet tall, but like the actual head part, you know, they're they're dropping bombs. They have no idea how this is going to pan out. You yeah. know what I mean? They're just dropping handmade bombs on this tarantula uh, with the president of the United States on board. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what a, what a trip, man. Okay, so... We uh, during the climax, yeah. Uh, Lovely or uh, Artemis Gordon invents. Uh, he finishes in the airplane mm-hmm. magically within just a couple minutes of time. So yeah. again, uh, some fictitious genius on display mm-hmm. there. Um, they bomb the tarantula. The tarantula effect to this day still holds up. I don't. I don't. Care it, it is like that really good. Like, yeah. It it looks really good. I don't know how they made it. Um, how it works, but. It is certainly a sight to see. Um, yeah, it looks it looks crazy. It looks really cool. Um, no, you know, there, no one reacts to it the way they should. Like, it's not. It doesn't feel like it's physically present in a lot of the shots, but at the same time, it does look really cool. I love the reveal of it when uh, Ulysses S. Grant's trying to put the last spike in that railroad. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and the and the pin. Yeah, keeps I popping actually really out. like that scene. It's that is a good scene. That's. That was sweet. It was like a monster they movie. They had some a classic good transition scenes in this, uh, in this movie. Like, there's the one where it starts off, I think someone exhales, like, cigarette smoke, and then it goes into a yeah. cloud, and then it, like, goes into a train a train scene where, like, the steam coming out of the train. And I, it was, like, a beautiful yeah. transition scene. I was really surprised about that. 
Yeah, it totally match cut, and 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 it seems it kind of seems out of left field in a movie that's so bizarre. But that's the thing. There is some real creativity on display yeah. in this film. Um, I was a little confused about the timeline of this film because um, the president sends them to find out what's happening to these scientists, and the very opening shot of the movie has one of such scientists being decapitated. Mm-hmm. But by the time they catch up with, uh Loveless. And maybe I'm reading too much into this movie, but he's uh, the tarantula is ready to mm-hmm. rock. It's 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 up and running. There's no cutaway shots where we show the scientists like, um, we're just finishing up, Mister Loveless. Just gotta calibrate the blah blah blah. Or like you know, um, maybe him executing the scientists after their work done. Work is done. Nothing like that. Like just this tarantula comes out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you could you could so argue could... that um, they made the tarantula right. And uh, then the scientists became expendable. And is that why one of them got decapitated? Well, I was under the impression that he was still actively kidnapping them to complete the project. Oh, okay. But when our heroes catch up with him, the project is looks long since done. Like, it's fully active. It's not like a Death Star... You know, for, like, I, I compare it to... Um, um, I compare it to, to Rogue One, where, like... Uh, a Star Wars story where, like, you know, these these scientists are being kind of captured by the Empire to build this secret yeah. weapon, but they're still in the testing phase at that point, you know? So they, um, you you see the aftermath mm-hmm. of how they're dealing with those scientists, you see the relationship to them, and then you see the weapon being tested on this planet and wiping a bunch of people out. Um, but none of that kind of story building happens here. It basically goes from... He's kidnapping scientists, but there's also this vendetta they have against Bloodbath McGrath, which resolves in a kind of unexpected way. Bloodbath (laughs) McGrath! Sorry. That's what I thought every single time they said his name. (laughs) What was that nickname that they called you? (laughs) Bloodbath McGrath. So, I could have used some... uh, I could have used some more, you know, seeing the scientists work on the mech, you know, cutaways to, um, you know, giving Arliss Loveless a little more screen time where maybe he wheels over to one of the scientists and he says, we're supposed to be online in two days. And then the scientist kind of like, but we can't, we don't have the right blah, 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 you know, and then Arliss kills him or something. You know, I could have used a little more of the bad guy building the, you know, background. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That would have made the reveal of this this monster that much cooler because truly this does steal the show. Um, if you take away nothing from this movie, take away the fact that there's a giant eighty foot spider in an old west yeah. movie. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Um, I love when the one of the scenes when he's like fighting the guys, um, like in the what is it like the basement or whatever of the of the yeah the. the in- engine room or something and then the one guy with the metal head and he goes to like kick him in the private parts and it just like (laughs) jingles it like his like balls jingle and you're like what (laughs) it's like a cowbell yeah yeah, exactly and you're like okay like like is that necessary like does that mean i have so many questions like does that mean he has like metal testicles does he have like a case around them that are like metal? Like it just leaves me with so many questions. And then, 
Will Smith's reaction kills me every time. He looks at him and he just goes, no. <laughs> um, yeah, man, what a what a uh, climax. And the giant spider lives. It lives to fight another yeah. day. They ride that sucker off into the sunset, um, which is great, which is a really cool shot. Very unique. Do you think that they will uh, ever do a remake of this? Um, I hope so. I, I legitimately hope so. Not just for this episode, just in general, because, um, the, again, like I said about one of our other past movies, like there's a mo- there's a version of this movie in my head that I feel like could work, um, where you could do it seriously. You could, um, really weed out some of the, the writing and the, the, the gross out strange mm-hmm. stuff and, you know, like you could you could do a really serious version of this film and I feel like it would work super yeah. well. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? Um yeah, I think that they should do a remake. Uh, there's so many remakes that are happening and that you're like well, like that was already a good movie. Why do you need to remake it? You know? But then there's movies yeah. like this where they're not the greatest and obviously like nobody likes them. Right. And so why wouldn't, why wouldn't they mm-hmm. recreate this? Maybe it's just like too much of a risk for them to do now. I think the brand is so tarnished. Yeah. That even if they made it back to the roots of the sixties TV show, people would still have that expectational sour taste in their mouth about yeah. what this was. Um, so yeah, that's that's that movie. I mean, it, it was it was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who directed Men in Black one, two, and three, and I think is producing the one that's about to hit theaters here, international. Yeah. Um, and since has kind of fallen by the wayside. He directed that Kevin Spacey Nine Lives Cat movie. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> or produced, I think even. It's just uh, it's kind of fizzling out a bit there. Um, yeah. Another thing I want to defend. Uh, quite adamantly is the music, Aaron. We got to talk about the music. Mm-hmm. Um, the music was composed by Elmer Bernstein. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Elmer Bernstein has over 250 composer credits. Oh, wow. Including Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments and The Magnificent Seven. Okay. And on that, so he's an absolute legend. He's composed so many classics and so many Western movies. The soundtrack is as good as you could expect. Um, and couple that with, with, of course, Will Smith's signature song that we have to talk about. Because um, Will Smith started the trend of musician actors using the movie to also write a song for that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the Men in Black song's pretty dope, and I would argue that the Wild Wild West song's even better. <laughs> yeah. Um, Aaron, do, do, do you remember that song playing at like, uh, like high school dances and stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> like, every, like, Will Smith was just so, like, iconic in the 90s, hey? Yeah. Thinking of, like, what's his CD, like, Big Willie style or whatever it is. Yeah, he was larger than life, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that Wild Wild West song to this day, it's, it's a cool jam. I hear it at every wedding I ever go to. And like, um, yeah, it's it's funny to me, like the music in this movie um, is is really top notch. And Will Smith, 
Um, you know, they're they're corny songs, but they're they're great closer to the film you know walking out of the mm-hmm. theater and will smith is summarizing everything you just saw <laughs> with his usual uh bravado you know it was, it's mm-hmm. it's uh i don't know there's something so iconic about will smith wrapping up a movie um i was like man will smith should wrap up like every movie i was like can you imagine like walking out of like the godfather and will smith <laughs> now this, this is a story about these mafia men <laughs> one gets shot and yeah. blah 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 <laughs> man you gotta go see aladdin <laughs> does he close out aladdin with a will smith rap no he doesn't close it out but you just i don't want to say you just gotta go see it i it's, think after after watching this movie yeah um you're primed and ready for aladdin is he pretty self-referential about uh, about it uh no i i don't want to say anything okay, you, okay, like okay. you'll just you're gonna have to go see it okay i'm excited i'm excited um so as we as we as we kind of wrap move towards the end here aaron um obviously this production's so troubled people are super down in this film what would mm-hmm. you defend like if you're giving people reasons to enjoy watch check this film out give it a second chance at life uh, uh <laughs> what are your thoughts <laughs> Uh, well, let me ask you this, Dan. Do you like giant robots or robot like tarantulas? Yes. Uh, Do you like steampunk? Do you like people playing bongo tits? I don't know. (laughs) Do you like flamethrower videos? Yeah. Do you like scantily clad women? All right. This is a movies for you. No, but seriously, I would say that anyone who was born in the 90s should go back and watch this movie just because of the nostalgia and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then also, it is like with the the, giant robot spider or mechanical spider. um, It is really cool. And there is a lot of like beautiful scenes and like cool stuff that happens in this movie. Yeah, a lot of location shooting. Yeah, and so for that alone, like I'd say it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Honestly, um yeah, you nailed it. I mean, if yeah, any 90s films, man, this is this is this is right up there with just like weird stuff you got to see. Um the production, you know, they they really took that budget to the max. There's all sorts of crazy stuff to see in this film. There's like mm-hmm. this exploding Abraham Lincoln head, and, and there's all these extras and these weird sets. And the the you know, name another movie with a giant steampunk tarantula. You know what I mean? Like, it's it might be terrible, it might be weird, but man, you gotta see it. It's just so bizarre, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as entertainment value, like you said, there's lots of bizarre stuff, lots of Lots of really overt, creepy sexual undertones that keep the movie <laughs> in a weird spot, you know, that you, yeah. it's like, don't watch this with your kids for the love of God. Don't put, don't like you, you'll have too much. Explaining oh, I was going to gonna say, watch it with your <laughs> kids because I, I there's something know. for the kids and there's something for you. Cause like as a kid, I didn't pick up on all the sexual stuff, I but as not. an adult, you can pick up on it. <laughs> well, I mean, Gosh, just there's there's racial undertones, there's sexual undertones, there's I'm sure there's about a half dozen things here that could be considered wildly offensive by today's standard. Mm -hmm. Um, But this movie is too bizarre and too visually 
um, unique to pass up for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and the music, you know, they, they use the old 60s theme at one point in time. The music yeah. is just pitch perfect. It's this great Western, but of course, with the Will Smith element, there is also like a, a hip hop element uh, yeah. sort of injected here and there. Big that, dick energy element. That big dick energy. Yeah, Will Smith, <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, he's got like this dope outfit on where he's not wearing like a shirt underneath, but he's wearing like the black jacket and the hat. Yeah. yeah. Man, I'm like, telling he's you. Just, he's so cool in this he, movie. The charisma, this guy, like Will Smith yeah. could make anything look cool. It's so frustrating. Like no matter what weirdo shit role he takes, he somehow elevates it to this like Will Smith level. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. Um and yeah, this movie it, 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 the whole time you're watching it, you wonder you also can't help but wonder um what he would have done with Neo in the Matrix if he had gone that mm-hmm. route. Um Yeah, I don't think that would have been the same. Can you imagine the Matrix Neo rap song at the end, though? I mean, come on, oh, we're man. missing they, out. Honestly, I think that if Will Smith, Will Smith wouldn't, ha- Will Smith couldn't play Will Smith in if he was in the Matrix. Come on, man, damn! Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world? And the real Hold on there, Bell. You can't just go ramming a man's personal things into some hole like that. It's going into replication. Hey, Pa. Still not. Really? You don't think no, he would have like, done it? I, I, feel I think like... that. Okay, so that movie is so, like, serious and it's, like, exploring things that could be true, right? And then you have, like, Will Smith just adding his, like, humor to it. It just, it does, it doesn't make sense. There's a few lines in The Matrix, though, that I could totally imagine Will Smith yeah. saying. Like, they seem very Will Smith, almost like they were written mm. for him. Like, specifically, like the, what are you saying that I can dodge bullets? <laughs> and then some of you, like, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of, mm. that sort of, um, uh, I don't even, like, that snark. Is that what the yeah. right word is? You know what I mean? Like, those kind of lines really pop out at me. And I'm like, you know, Keanu Reeves' delivery is very, um, you know, internal, very uh, under, uh, how do you say, understated, but then, like yeah, I feel like Will Smith. Yeah. But see, that's what makes it so beautiful, because it's robots who wake up, right? Right. And they're, like, almost, like, where do they learn emotion from? So it's not completely out of the normal for them to be, like, really even keel and, like, have zero emotion, right? Right. And mm, so... Good. And so if they would have had Will Smith in this, it would have been like Will Smith, you know? And so, like, that's why I feel like it wouldn't make sense. Mm. Because he would already be, you know... Yeah. uh, Charismatic and large in life. I I, I would say that if Will Smith was in The Matrix, that The Matrix would be, like, at the same rating at what Wild Wild West is. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Because then all these, um, see, yeah, that's because the Matrix was, it was 
able to be made in like a vacuum, like in a little group of people mm-hmm. kind of tucked away. It was kind of like uh, Warner Brothers' little black sheep project that no one really understood. Yeah. And even after it released, no one really understood it. Um, whereas Wild Wild West, Will Smith is like the man of the hour. So you have like 6,000 people coming out of the woodworks, you know, producer this, producer that, writer this, writer that. Like it's it's almost like this corporate product of like, okay, this needs to be as good as it can. Someone get Burger King on the phone. Let's get some toys. <laughs> let's get some hats. Let's get some, okay, everybody, let's rate this song. We're going to get so-and-so to produce it. And it's going to go out in the radio and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, and the and the oh. thing too is if Will Smith was attached to, and in in the Matrix, like yeah. he's a big name actor, right? And so the the um, like what is it? Warner Brothers would have been like, okay, like yeah, that's what we need to do. We need to get like the Burger King whatever and the rap song and stuff, and it would have yeah. just completely like taken um, like they would have done the studio like stamp on there where where they would have been like okay you need to change this you need to do that you need to do this like can you imagine yeah they just because now they have like a big name actor and they need this movie to succeed but it's exactly what you said it was kind of like the black sheep of movies um Mm. and and so so like they didn't care about it as much and the like directors had like you said um had like a select team of people making the movie so it like yeah. became really good right like the whole uh, dynamic so cool. the whole dynamics would have changed would have changed if will smith was uh was starring as neo man we were so close to getting like neo action figures with our whopper juniors we're yeah. so close and a ro- what would the matrix like rap song even be <laughs> Morpheus, Dorpheus, Morpheus, go eat some warruses, orifices, porridges. Morpheus, Morpheus, go get to the buffet and warruses. Corpidus, corpses, Worcester sauce, go into your orifices. Red pill, blue pill, Morpheus, warruses. Sea sales by the sea, Sorpheus. I don't know. He basically just tells the movie, but like from his point of view. So (laughs) it doesn't seem too hard to write. So good. Oh, man. Well, I think that's about all I have to say about Wild Wild West. How are you um, feeling? I will also say, because we have on our list of bad movies to watch, I think we have, uh, what is it, After Earth? Oh, yeah. The the other Will Smith with, um, like, his kid that he has yep. in it. And I think that movie is worse than this movie. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I thought was a lot worse than this that is rated higher and mm-hmm. of course vice versa yeah that's worth saying too mm-hmm. yeah this is not the worst will smith movie no no I and think so. uh i so i would give it two thumbs out of two thumbs because that's all <laughs> i have to give but i liked it i would give this eight giant tarantula legs yeah up <laughs> Okay, wait. I, I'd like to give this two dangling steel balls out of two dangling steel balls in a robot. Uh. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, um, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you're enjoying uh, season one again. Uh, subscribe. Let us know what you think. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, we'll keep the episodes rolling. Thanks so much. This has been In Defense of wild wild west and um, cue cue wild wild west music and <laughs> go out, out of
Have a good time. Bye. <laughs>